right, welcome back everybody. It is April 15th. We're doing this a little early. Episode four. And episode four. Good Today night. we got Matt Mishinsky in the house. What up? We're talking about some sports most likely and then our top five cartoons. And once again, we have a email address that's Hot take from the kitchen at gmail.com. That's H O T T A K E F R O M T H E K I T C H E N at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Facebook. It's Hot Take from the Kitchen. And we are also on Instagram now. Wow. I am Brad. I've got Steve on my right, Brad on my left. And Did you should... really have to spell that out? Yeah. Okay. I feel like doing it. He's thorough. That's why I have him do it. <laughs> yes. And this should be a great episode. So let's get into it. All right. Tonight I'm drinking water because it's Sunday. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I got a couple weeks of graduation, so I'm gonna try to kind of. Drop a couple pounds, so I'm trying to lay off the beer for a little bit. Oh, no, me so. too. <laughs> yeah. So, but um, I think pretty soon though we will have an episode featuring a couple beers. Um, we'll just tease it like that. I guess yeah. sounds good. Teasers, been a little. Yeah. So, uh, what's say now? Let's say we got our my good friend, our good friend Matt Shinsky. Um. Those of you, I think pretty much everybody knows Matt. So, yeah, um, I guess why don't you tell everyone whatever you want to tell people about yourself? Well, whenever I start discussing sports now at 38 years old, I kind of feel like Al Bundy. So, discussing the good old days of high school. You should not sell shoes. So. No, but I think I could. Oh, I would sell shoes again. Do you, I think people need to realize just how big a deal Foot Locker in the mall in Alpena was. Not to flip this interview, but what was that like for you having so many of us young kids coming and hanging out just to hang out? You know, maybe buy a pair of socks every other week, but. Um, you know, we kind of talked this about Eric's episode, how brick and mortar stores are going, kind of giving away to right. online shopping. Um Obviously, I, Foot Locker was a decent part of my life, and uh, made a lot of met a lot of cool people, did a lot of cool things with it. I do miss the shoes. I still have still have a sneakerhead, so I'm not going to even act with him. Not, um, but I mean, I don't know if this town will ever can ever hold one up. I mean, Eric and I, Brad, we all talk about Ryan. I was just texting me before we started about a running store. I think it's possible, definitely, but. It has to be more specially oriented. I just don't think a general shoe thing. I mean, I know for our area, I mean, I guess it's not a secret, but it's the shoe returns is what they said. Right. You know, I know that my head, the pennies in 96, I had probably four or five pairs of pennies that I had to bring them back because they would blow out. And finally, your boss, man, kind of a bigger guy, I don't remember his name, he just handed me a pair of these Warlock nikes that you could drive a trank over and they suffice for the year but yeah i don't know what happened but at some point it became okay to just wear shoes for six weeks to return them and as soon as that word got around town it just yeah it just that's well, that was the beginning of the end mm -hmm. so um there are just with normal things we buy natural defects but it just seemed like that was the thing, cool thing to do. People would buy a pair of shoes, return them in six weeks, and then wear another pair of shoes for six weeks. And yeah, so no, no, no. But anyways, so um, I thought we'd talk a little bit about 1998. <laughs> oh, God. Um, I had a conversation a little while ago with uh, my GM, Mr. Cameron. Um, which you know, mm -hmm. Mr. Cameron and his son very well, yep. Matt. Uh, I, mean, I like how we say, it, like, Matt, and you are young kids, but you're growing ass men now. So. <laughs> but, um, I thought it was interesting to talk about how that team was and um, just how good that team was. Yeah. Well, we 
you know, all of us had played together for a million years, it felt like. Um, but there's that core group of guys that had played at Thunder Bay. I had played at St. Anne's all my years. And then Josh Ronald was out at Hillman Christian Academy. And so when we were freshmen, Dave McDonald walked up to Josh and Eric and myself and said, you guys are going to try out for the JV. And we're like, okay. And they kept all three of us. We all three of us ended up starting. And then, you know, everything went from there. Um, the first time that I played with kids my own age was my senior year. Because I, I was the freshman on the varsity basketball team and then the sophomore on the football team. And, you know, track was a whole other thing in its own. But so my senior year was the first time I played with guys my own age. So what I remember, it, you know, we're going to get into this later, but that 90, that team there, it seemed like the whole town embraced. Now, everyone likes Warner. I know that. <laughs> but, I mean, there were people like there were the, you want to call it the past generation, for lack of a better term, people like um, Bob Allen, mm -hmm. Danny Marquardt, yeah. Dunn. Uh, there was that whole generation of baby kids that kind of took some, I want to say, I want to say took it under the wing, but helped to develop that group. Oh, that's those guys, you know, Gunn and I, every time I see each other, I think I'm and Bobby, you know, gets tired. I stopped thinking Bobby a long time ago because he gets tired of it. But, you know, we cut our teeth against the college guys at Bayview from, you know, eighth grade on and they beat us and they beat us. And, you know, I'll never forget when, you know, cause I was playing in the middle court and you remember how the courts were all set up where closest to the Bay was the scrub court. Well, yeah, and, way, and yeah. then you had the JV squad in the middle, and then you had the varsity. And I, you know, I play at the JV, and I'll never forget when I was thirteen. Bobby said, "Let's go, you're coming with us." Yeah. And I'm like, "Oh my god!" Well, I think six, seven black guy just asked me to play basketball. There was that. I think um, it was a really a lot of things just lined up at the right time mm -hmm. that made that happen. I I, well, I think that you know one of the cool things that my dad talks about was that that team, we were actually bringing more people into the basketball arena than the hockey team was at the rink, you know, fans-wise. And, you know, there was – that was the first time that I remember they were opening up both sides and, you know, selling out the, the Alpena Gymnasium. So, and I think uh, – I think I always thought that was pretty neat. I didn't go to many games because who I am. <laughs> I don't like to go outside sometimes. But like today. Yeah, today is just terrible. But, and I remember that team 20 years ago. It was just it was amazing to see how many people were coming out. And it was just great basketball to watch. And I remember going to the Arthur Hill game here. Oh, that was amazing. I've never been dunked on so hard in my whole life. The cowbell. Oh, Jason Richardson took off from four feet outside the block, jumped two feet, and all of a sudden I just had this area in my face I was not intending to have happen. And then he swung through like he was just putting it home. Well, I think there was one. Somebody on his team missed a free throw. Oh, DeAndre was, Hewlett. He so. ended up – so, yeah, Jason Richardson, obviously he played in the NBA, but uh, people don't realize DeAndre Hewlett – left when he graduated from Arthur Hill, he went out to Thousand Oaks Community College in California. And then the next year was drafted by the Rafters. I remember that miss. He jumped seemingly like over you. It was, no, it wasn't me. I need to but clarify. I that was Josh. <laughs> yeah. but, <laughs> it's, it's impressive when someone jumps from like just, you know, boxing, well, the, a the low thing with that was that they didn't, they changed the rule that summer about when you could move into the lane. It used to be as soon as it left your hand, you could make your box out. You could make your move in the lane to go get the ball. And then my senior year, it came out where you had to wait for it to hit the rim, and then you could do it. So it hits the rim, goes straight up. He jumps into the middle of the lane, and as soon as his feet hit, he was already in the air. And when he dunked it with his one hand, he was staring at the rim. And I just didn't think that was fair. One hand. One hand. Just, it would happen. And the thing is, it happened so fast 
And Josh, I actually because it was my fault. Well, I, I didn't put an ass on him. Well, and, and Josh Rana looks at me and he goes, "Great." I don't think the great. ball was coming down. No, that's no, the thing. That, it was going yeah. up. Yeah, it was, that, it was up it, it, from the miss. It was yeah. going up when he did that. That's the the insane part. I do need to say something. If you people are hearing like a hissing or a pelting and like a clicking noise, that's yeah. not feedback or anything. That's actually the snow sleet in the window of Brad's house. So it does bear worth. I know I'm hearing it. I'm sure it's probably going to come across on the yeah. on the broadcast. But Ashley just shows you that we were dedicated today. Yep. Yeah. I didn't have to go anywhere, but appreciate you guys coming. <laughs> so, you know, there's always that talk, and, you know, I could be stirring up a hornet's nest, but there's everybody, you know, people would always wonder, you know, could the high school team have played against the college team, and what would we have done? And there's the people – that would argue, well, both ways. Well, you can make that argument because that was probably the most successful ACC team at the time, too, right? Right. You had, you had Crows, Brickheisen, yeah, and all those guys were in too, and of course they went far in their in their yeah. at that time too. So it definitely was a relationship that mutually benefited the college mm -hmm. and the high school at the time, and then of course all the Alpinos, so, right? Yeah, I remember um, going to Park Arena. It was kind of new at the time, and all the people that were in there for that. And even now, I, mean, I haven't been to a game in years, but I remember at that time, these community college kids are like from Mata or St. Clair. They loved coming up here because they got to play in front of the kid people. Right. You know, these, they, their gyms are empty. Yep. And at the time, they were like, you know, it's exciting to be at a game where fans are invested in the game of course so. oh that was that was amazing just the support i remember i remember walking anywhere in town and people would say you you know keep up what you guys are doing we're really liking it and it was just random strangers yeah you know and so i don't know it was it was an awful lot of fun i know that all right now we're going to Talk about Bayview and some more basketball. Our favorite memories, I guess, from Bayview. Why don't you start and talk about your favorite memories? <clears throat> well, my favorite memory is one of yours. is the Bobby story. Where yeah. Um, you tell it better than I do. <laughs> well, yeah. So my favorite brand story at Bayview was um, it was four on four. We always played four on four. Winter State. And there was always a lot of people around. I mean, waiting to play. And I remember so you had a you got on a team with Bobby somehow, which I don't really remember. But um, <laughs> it was a coup. But he was either way, I do remember it was a close game, and it came down to like a final, like last. It was a really tough, close game. No one wanted to lose, obviously. And um, sorry, Matt distracted me. So um, Bobby wanted you. You were down in the low post. And Bobby wanted you to clear out. He's motioning you to get out of the way, and you cleared the court, or you cleared that spot. Not only did you go out to the three-point line, and not did you go out to the edge, which now some people consider the new three-point line, but you actually went out into the grass. Yes, yeah, I cleared out. <laughs> no, uh, it's by far my favorite memory of you down there. Um, I don't know why I was down in the post anyway. So, yeah, and then I don't know what my favorite story of you is, Matt. Uh, we have a lot, um, but I don't – I think we were talking about some of the people and how um, different it, it is now um, compared to, you know, how it was back then. Well, I think it's <clears> – maybe <throat> you does not – I think somebody should do a documentary on it. The thing is, there's no old footage or anything like that. It could be just a series of interviews and, and whatnot. But people got to realize when you lost at Bayview, you were sitting three or four hours because there's so many teams that were next. You know, and so that's why it was you were always trying to get me with the best players at the best times. And, you know, God forbid you, you lost, you know, because you didn't get in for the rest of you know, at least half the day you were sitting there watching basketball. So at its peak, you, we had two courts running the full time. Yes. At its peak. And even then, you would, you, there was only, I mean, I remember there were nights where I only played one or two games because you lost and then that was it. 
Um, but we, I know we talked a little bit about a name that a lot of people know in a certain capacity. Of course, we know him different. It was, uh, was Eric Shinsky. Called yeah. Easy. Yeah. Um, I don't know of anyone that probably put more time down there than Eric. I don't. I don't think so, and I don't think anybody would even try to argue that either. I mean, outside of Cliff, and then of course Buddy. Right. Um, <laughs> I mean, there's Slurgy too, of course. I mean, right. Slurgy. All. I mean, Buddy and Slurgy spend a lot of time together, but I, I think Eric by far. I mean, I, I remember just driving back and forth, and you, you see Eric down there shooting jumpers. Yeah, that's probably why he can't play basketball now with his back quite all the time on the concrete. I think so. Yeah, I'm sure he'd probably agree with that. <laughs> I, did, I remember one time I had a talk with him before a game when my kids used to play against Hillman, and uh, he was. I would go. Well, you ever uh, every once in a while he'll put the jersey on and shoot, play the you know, shoot five from the top of the key and show the kids in practice. Yeah, I don't. I don't think those kids know. No, I don't. I really, I honestly, I gut level feel like because I talk to parents from kids out at Hillman now, and you know some of the kids that I've gotten to meet and whatnot. And I, they've got no idea, they've got no clue because he's so darn humble and he's so gracious that he won't talk about it, and uh, they don't realize just how good he was. I mean, and he he was a murderer against Sagan Arthur Hill. Well. He was good. I'm not disputing that, but I think Eric's defining characteristics or his just uh, and of his Hillman team. I don't think anyone worked harder than Eric. No, no. So, um, and I think that carries through to his basketball team. Yes. Yeah. Um, the way he runs his practices and the way he's, you know, his the program he's created out there. Um, yeah, hundred percent. I'm not surprised at all what Eric's been able to do. Mm -mm. No, and it's so cool watching it, you know, going, being able to go to these regionals and, and whatnot and just watching him do his thing. I mean, and he was always so level-headed, so low-key. Oh, really? Yeah. And so to watch him now, I think he coaches the same way. You don't really see big flashes of screaming or well, – then, then why don't you tell my personal favorite Eric Wyszynski story since you brought it out. Why don't you tell Brad – I don't know if he's ever heard it. I know I've heard it a dozen times. And all 20 of our listeners, the Eric Wyszynski in Indiana story. Oh, my God. <laughs> so we were, we were able to go to the Bobby Knight basketball team camp down in Indiana, down at Bloomington. And – we, we got there, I think it was like eight hours earlier than the camp needed to be we need, needed to be there. We get checked in and everything, and we actually got to go to Assembly Hall and shoot around. And I snuck behind the rope, got my picture taken with their 81 National Championship trophy, and it was really a cool experience. But we get out there, and Neil Reed <laughs> – Neil Reed is out there, and of course, if nobody remembers, Neil Reed was the one that Bobby Knight choked out. And uh, we're playing basketball, we're and we're shooting, and Neil Reed and this guy, you know, he's 6'10", 6'11", I don't remember who he was, they walk over and said, you guys want to play twos? And Eric and I are like, yep, let's do this. So we start playing, and we're actually kind of holding our own. I know I got several of my shots woofed up into the second deck, I think, but Eric was taking it to Neil Reed. <laughs> Legitly, not like, you know, Al Bundy style where you're thinking, you know, you know, 20 years ago, this real life, he was taking it to Neil Reed and we were playing make it, take it. And we were up like 10, one, and it wasn't really a whole lot. What I was doing, it was, because Neil kept coming down on and double teaming me out of the block. Well, I would get it over top to Eric. Eric would shoot and hit twos. Eric starts woofing with Neil Reed. <laughs> and he starts barking a little bit. And you can hear Neil Reed. You know, basketball players, they don't really breathe out of their nose. But he was doing the Tony Soprano breathing through his nose. <laughs> you know, like he's a bull. And finally... Eric hits the last shot. We beat him. Legitly, straight up beat him. And Eric's, yeah, what? Yeah. Neil Reed snaps, punches Eric. <laughs> <laughs> 
His guys go, what are you doing? I grab Eric and run away with him. Neil Reed gets picked up by this other guy and gets going the other way. And Eric the whole time is laughing as I'm carrying him running away. Oh, my goodness. But, yes, Eric Grashinsky, coach from Hillman, got punched in the face by Neil Reed. <laughs> so, obviously, Neil Reed was a hothead because he made Coach Knight try to choke him. But, oh, Lord, that was great. That's one of my <laughs> all-time favorites right there. Quit the story. Oh. <laughs> I feel maybe embellished, but I do know that the story's held true throughout most of it yeah. is that. I do, and I don't doubt for a minute that Eric probably took it to him. So he totally took it to him. So uh, the number one thing people come up to me because I'm, I'm about town and enough that I see some people, and the number one thing people ask me the most is, "How can we get our basketball team good again?" And by they, they mean Alpena High School. Um, they say that they see the success that a lot of our around the community schools have. Admittedly, there is a big difference playing Class D to Class A. I mean, we, we deal with that. But I've had a lot of people ask me through the years since that 98 team kind of really, you know, I think that's our at least our most successful, at least in the past 30 years. So I'd be interested to hear your comments um, <clears throat> on why. Um, or what can be done to help, you know, maybe turn our program around? I certainly don't think it's um, coaching by any stretch of the imagination. I personally don't feel no, that way. No, John does a great job. Yeah. And, you know, a coach is only going to go as far as his players will take him. Yeah. You know, so I don't think you, anybody – because I hear it all the time. You know, why we need to get Eric Krasinski and Alpena. I'm here to tell you, Eric ain't leaving Hillman. Yeah. Unless you pay him a lot of money. He's invested at the school. He is beloved. The community loves him. His family loves Hillman. There's people can put that dream away. Well, I think I think it starts at more of a grassroots level. And I said the first thing you have to understand is the Hillman TBBA or Hillman Little Kids Basketball plays against Alpena basketball growing up. Mm -hmm. And I go, so what ha they have automatically they have an advantage. They're already playing against more kids. Yeah. and more talent, you know, because there's a larger pool of kids that they're playing against. And then they leave that environment of playing in a Class A area, and then they go right to the North Star, which is not a, nowhere near as talented as the level that Alpina, Travis, and Petoskey, right. those schools The big play. North. Yeah. yeah, the big North. So, Well, I think a lot of, you know, you think about, you know, when I was playing ball, look who we were playing at at Bayview. I think you're not to bring Bayview back into it, but I think that's a huge deal. You know, I think the fact that the college guys were so open to play against us and teach us little tricks of the trade that we hadn't thought of, um, you know, Bobby pulling us aside, you need to be working on this, 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 and this. You know, I think that has to do with that. And I think also when you look at it, a lot of us uh, played as younger kids on the older teams. Yeah. People always – I don't know for some reason, but I think maybe because I know a lot of the people and some, maybe some people don't know how to get a hold of each other, but people always talk to me about, man, you should try to get some running going on in Bayview again. And I think that would help a little bit. I think there are some kids that would benefit from that, maybe. Um, but there seems to be there's a fundamental shift now within our culture of sports with kids. Um I don't know. I, maybe it's parents care so much, but I, you see kids taking it so much more seriously now at a younger age. So this would be a great thing for you to talk about since I know you have two boys. <laughs> so I can tell you from like, for example, so I know you went on, you went to Central after, after high school. God bless you in that school. <laughs> so, um, and of course my daughter is not at Heidelberg as a D3 athlete. Yeah. So, there's there are certain things that you can go or that we could talk about. I don't know for well, at least in baseball, I see it. It seems like maybe because the blackheads are so active in our community, but um, man, they seem like kids travel now so much more. Um, it almost seems like they're specialized to a fault. Well, I think that anytime people start talking about specializing, 
they don't know what they're talking about. And I think one of the greatest examples that I've ever heard of that is I, you know, another podcast I listen to other than hot take from the kitchen is the Dan Patrick show. And I'll never forget a few years ago, Wayne Gretzky was on there and Wayne Gretzky said, Dan Patrick asked him about, you know, what do you think of people specializing, you know, kids just playing just hockey. And Wayne Gretzky said, I played hockey a hundred days a year when I was a kid. After that, I was playing baseball, I was playing lacrosse, I was playing football. He played everything, and it wasn't until he got to the age where, you know, 16, 17, 18, where he's playing for the junior nationals, and, you know, that's when he began to focus on hockey. So, you know, I think if someone of that level is saying don't do it, there's there's a lot to that, you know. I think sports are important for kids. I think all kids should play a little bit of sports. I think sports teach you things that you, I mean, you can learn in different ways in life, but they they give you an easier avenue for kids to experience some um, teamwork, yep. listening to someone that's not your parent, um, how to deal with adversity. Um, I think all those things you're forced to deal with at a really young age in sports, you know, like losing, mm-hmm. you know, especially if you're on a team where maybe someone's not, you know, doing well and you're like, Oh my God. And I, I thoroughly enjoy and going to enjoy watching you deal with these things. <laughs> having kids. I remember my kids would sometimes when they played basketball, they would always like, you know, whatever you're doing wrong, dad, what do you think? I was like, honestly, you just got to talk to your coach about it. I mean, I think there are some things you guys could be doing differently, but you guys just got to practice harder because I think one of the things you always hear, you see a lot is that, and I, gotten in my old age because when I was younger Lord knows I was one of the loudest voices in the gym I know that <laughs> but as you gotten older and you know time is you know a great teacher you realize that you gotta let the coaches coach because you don't know what they're being coached in practice right. now I'm not telling you I have a sat in the stands wondering what the hell are they doing in practice because it seems like sometimes I've even seen regress through the year right which it isn't that but um I can tell you, I remember one story. Um, it was I've told Brad this since I was at one of my kids' games, and the ball was right in front of one of my kids' teammates. I'm not going to say his name, but I remember the ball sitting there, and the kid, the ball's almost like between the kid's legs, and I just had enough. Like I just couldn't take it anymore. Somebody just came out of me, and I yelled that kid's name, like you know. And he, I remember the kid. Didn't grab the ball. The kid was almost shocked that I was so loud, and he looked up at me. And all I remember yelling at him was, don't look at me, grab the fucking basketball. (laughs) 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 And I remember yelling that. And I remember everybody in the gym laughing because it was funny. It was like, like, look at me. And I was like, don't look at me. Get the fucking basketball. You know? um um, but a kid shouldn't hear you. That's I think that's part of it too. That well, it's hard to when you're in a really small gym and there's only twenty people there, and yeah, you know, okay. I mean, you're gonna experience this. So you need to get ready for this. <laughs> so, but you know, I think. Um, well, you know, I my dad, I God, I love my father. We we grew up in a household where he was not demanding of us athletically. He let us do our own thing, you know. I would ask him all the time, you know, what could I be doing? And he would, he'd point out. That's and my, funny that you say that since uh, uh, your sister was an okay soccer player <laughs> and your brother was an all right baseball player. And yeah. I guess you were probably a marginal football player. Yeah. So yeah. it's funny. We, he, go, we'll he, go on though. He didn't raise athletes. <laughs> we all have two left feet. But anyway, uh, you know, my dad cannot throw a ball to save his life. And this December he turned 60. And he should be able to throw a ball, and he cannot. And we spent endless hours at the cabin, you know, running fly routes, running patterns. And then Alex started being able to hit the baseball pretty well. And so then he pitched to Alex until his fingers bled. And so I mean, that's all because we wanted to. Like, he was not the demanding guy. He did not uh, force us to do anything. In fact, we would ask us, you know, we'd have to ask him, you know, would you – Yep. And he never said no. That's the thing I will I'll never forget and I'll always remember is that he never said no. And it's interesting because I've gotten to know the Camerons a lot better, obviously working. And um, that's something that Laird always said is that he would, if he had time and he could, he would go shoot 
and rebound for Matt yeah. and Kim both. He would do that. So, yeah. Um, and, you know, you look at, um, I think that's important. You know, I know I missed out on that. I feel I missed out as a parent. I wish I could have done that more with my kids. Um, of course, sometimes with a football and Jordy being linemen, I guess the only thing he really could have done is just push me down on the ground over and over again. Which Just let him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why did you do that? So, <laughs> um, so I'd be interested in getting your take. If you don't mind me picking your brain, asking some no, tough questions here. No. So you're going to let the boys play football. We'll see. I, you know, and that's something that, you know, I, I don't argue about it. They're five and three. Mm-hmm. And so, but they're lefties. Actually, I know for certain Henry's a lefty. I think Owen's trying to figure it out. And he's, and, he's, and he's three, but we're going to make him a pitcher. 90 mile power over the plate. That's fine. He's a, he's a millionaire. That, that's fine. Um, but, you know, I think a lot of it, you know, football is a violent game, however you cut it. Mm-hmm. I mean, but I think a lot of the reason you're seeing so many concussions, so many, is because of poor fundamentals. There's no reason Ryan Shazier, and I'm not knocking they know Ryan Shazier, but if he has his head up, puts a shoulder pad on this guy, he doesn't lay on the, on the field twitching, you know? And I think you got to have your head up. Well, yes, you can get your bell rung, and that's it. There's going to be spots in sports. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I always say this. Jordan played football four years. And Lord knows he had his bell rung lots of times. But the worst concussion he ever got was at a baseball game. <laughs> so like he was yeah. he was uh, he was playing second base. It was a pop up. He was running backwards to try to get it. He was going from the dirt to the grass, tripped on the grass, fell backwards, and his knee, his head went to the ground. The head bounced off the ground. His knee came up and went bam, bam, bam. And I mean, if you talk to you talk to Jordan that day, he doesn't even remember going to the field. Mm, that's you know, a good I mean, one. Yeah, I mean, he was – but freak. my point is freak accidents going to happen in sports regardless. There's not a lot you can do about it. I know people knock themselves on basketball. You get undercut. You hit your head on the ground. Right. I mean, it goes on and on. I heard an interesting thing. I forgot who it was. It was an NFL coach. It escapes me. But he said what he thought would be a good start, no tackling until ninth grade. Everything is flag football. Until you know, from little from little kids, if you're gonna want them to play football, you're gonna want to teach them. You don't start the you know we don't start having kids bang their heads until at least they're 12, 13 years old because their brain is just not developed yet, and we shouldn't be exposing them to that trauma. Right. Which I thought was an interesting. Argument. Well, I, you know, I didn't play football till I was in ninth grade. Yeah, um, doesn't mean I didn't want to, but my dad helped me out, and so. Um, but, you know, a lot of the, you know, there's not a lot of 6'4", 185-pound freshmen walking into the high school anymore either, you know. And so I, I think that has to do with it. I don't think um, kids are nearly as big. And you have the, the few, but, you know, gosh, when I, you know, when I was in high school, our offensive line was 6'5", 280 across the board for a high school football team, you know. So, I mean, we had some big guys playing. I think – I guess we'd almost have to pick the sports apart a little bit. I don't think you have to be big in base basketball anymore. I don't know. I guess these are two different conversations. I think there's a shift that's gone on in basketball now that has absolutely started right from the pros and has gone all the way down. And I actually don't – I actually think it's kind of backwards. I think it started at little kid level, and now these little kids are pros. And I think um, – I don't – not everyone can dunk a basketball. No. So this is my argument, is that not everyone can dunk a basketball better. Almost everyone can try to shoot a three-player, whether you shouldn't be shooting a three-player or not. It's a whole different argument. <laughs> yeah. But most yeah. kids, once they get to a reasonable age, have enough chutzpah to get one, you know, fire right. one off. And I think that's why Steph Curry is so popular. And I think that's why you see so many kids, and it starts – from a third grade level all the way right up through high school, just jacking up three players. But that's the pro game now. The pro games we spread you out. Yep. I mean, did you watch? Did you see Clarkson this year? The no. best player in the state of Michigan, and you could argue, but that kid from Clarkson, six one, shot the oh, lights yeah. out. 
he's not by far a, an athletic specimen where you're like, oh my gosh, he's running a four two and he's six eight and all this stuff. He's a six one white kid yep. that can shoot the ball. Admittedly, he's a coach's kid. He knows the game. He understands it. He knows where everyone should be. And he, more importantly, if you're not where you're supposed to be, he's going to exploit you on that. Yeah. That's what he does so well when yeah. he ran, ran that Clarkson team. But yeah, you know, to kind of bring it back, you know. You asked if I'm going to let the boys play football. You know, truth be told, I'm 10 years away from that decision. And so, you know, we'll see where the boys are at if they want to do that. Right now, they both want to be Dragons. Right. We've watched How to Train Your Dragon 2 12 times in the last 48 hours. God, please stop. But um, but the other thing, you know, you know, advancements in technology too. I mean, they're, they're, somebody's going to come out with a helmet that you're not going to either get a concussion or they're going to have a rule change where, you know, you 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 can't lead with your head. If you have your head down, you're out. My favorite rule change I've heard: get rid of the face guard. Oh, Dan Dan Patrick talks about it all the time. You want to change the way football is being played? You take away helmets. Yeah. No, I'm not saying that you should do that. No, I'm, no, I'm just I saying, would, like, yo, I yeah, agree, but absolutely. Yeah, you've gone from making a head a weapon to all of a sudden, like, hey, ooh, yeah. Ooh, yeah. So um, the grill's not going to be a money maker anymore. Yeah. Um, no, I, I 100% agree, and I just, I think it's interesting. I've had parents come, or I've had discussions with parents where they, like, my, you know, they, my kids never going to play football. I just know that's not going to happen, and it's interesting for me because, um, you know. You know, we're a football family. All, yeah. three, all three, even my daughter played football for yep. God. So we're, you know, we're a football family. And I know Gabe right now. God bless his heart. He, he's bummed that he can't throw a shot. But you know, the minute he's done with track, he'll be thinking about football. I, I know for a fact he started thinking about football season coming up. Right. But it's easy because all three of my kids are a good size. Yeah. And I've watched. You know, I've seen it where Posey doesn't have a lot of kids on their team, and you get these little small kids out there, and you fear for them because they're. 15 years old, they weigh 100 pounds in a wet paper towel, and you have an 18-year-old kid that's out there, you know, and he's four years, and he weighs 200 pounds, and you just, I don't even want to see that collision. I don't want that kid to be out there. It just scares the shit out of me. Yeah, I don't, I don't like that. I know the one, I had two concussions in my life, one in football, one when I was blowing shit up for a living, and, uh, in football, they lined me up at tailback and just ran a sweep play to try to get to the edge as fast as I could. And one of the kids cheated, jumped to everything, knew what was coming, was out there, so I went to cut it inside, and the rest of the pile came. And my helmet got knocked off, and kind of like Jordy's knee, my head banged around up underneath the pile, and I'm laying there with a headache already, and I look up, and Tony Linton's standing over top of me. <laughs> And I looked at him and I said, Dad, what are you doing here? <laughs> and Tony just starts laughing and he calls over Gail Stuber and I was out the rest of the week and all that good stuff. But, um, you know, these guys that are talking about CTE in these major concussions, you know, Brett Favre just came out and said he's had over a thousand, he thinks a thousand concussions. And, you know, you just think about. Well, and Brett Favre has. If you oh, watch yeah. how Brett Favre played football, you, there's no doubt in my mind. Yet. Oh yeah, like he's you know he he talked in that article, uh, he talked about wandering through the house for 25 minutes looking for his keys, and they're in his right hand the entire time. Well, I do that sometimes now. Well, that's what he said. He goes, "Is that old age, or is that is that you know uh, CTE? You know, so and you know you can't the the bad thing is is you can't diagnose CTE until somebody's dead." And so, you know, we'll see. You know, Henry and Owen, they're, they're going to do what they want to do. And, you know, I'll, I'll let them to within reason. But, you know, we're 10 years away, and I don't want to say no. I think it's going to, you know, it's going to depend on what the coaching is looks like, um, how they run the game. You know, if they're the old school, you know, we'll see. It's hard to say. I mean, I just think it's a it's a fair question to ask you. Yeah. Being that you play play football, you play it so well, and that you know there are parents that just are told against it. And I think your your answer is the better answer. It's just way too early to even right. make that call. But I mean, I get it at the same time. So I tell you this: if Henry was fourteen, I probably wouldn't let him. 
you know, I, I don't know if I'd let him right now. Just be, just for where things are at. I love Coach Sims from Alpena, and I love what he's doing with his staff and his kids. And they're doing things for the community, and they're doing it the right way. Um, but if Coach Sims needs an assistant coach I, with a heavy weight training background, I do know a guy for him. <laughs> I'm just saying. I know. Yeah. Your brother-in-law, <laughs> Coach Aaron Sims from Alpena, if you happen to flip on hot take from the kitchen and you're looking for a coach, uh, Aaron, Steve Jacobson's uh, brother-in-law would love to help you just for what it's worth. Aaron Solinger. Thank you. I couldn't remember his last name. Forgive me. And he is a mountain of a man. Well, the, my favorite thing about Aaron, and I don't know if I told you guys this, but Aaron – on Twitter in Kansas, not him, but his kids use the hashtag Swollinger. <laughs> That's great. If you have your own hashtag, yeah. and it's that. Yeah, it's good. You gotta be a pretty solid guy. Yeah, so. absolutely. All right. So I think this is a good spot to end this part. Well, well, I've been quiet over here. Yeah, let's do it. My sister has a son. Yes. Zachary. He's just beanpole right now. He really wants to play football. He says it's his favorite sport. He keeps teasing us like, B, when I'm a famous wide receiver from Michigan State, you're going to have to cheer for me. No. <laughs> no, I'm not. No, first of all, like, no. Yes, you will. You have to wear my Nuremberg, my jersey and everything. Like, no, not going to happen. It's because my sister won't play, let him play football. Oh, I mean, that's a great point. She's absolutely scared. Yeah. Well, you know, that's, that's the other – it's, yeah, that's a good point to bring up is that, you know, you have you have parents wanting their kids to have things and wanting their kids to, to do what they love to do. But I can't imagine looking at a kid and saying, no, you can't do it. Now, I get what your sister's saying, and, and she's completely legit in that thought process, but I don't know if I want that decision yet. You know, I don't know if I would want to, to be able to say no. I mean, I mean, you the, know. the best thing about that is – there's a good chance that after the first football practice, Zach would be like, okay, I'm done. I don't – can we go play something else now? You won't even get to the first practice. <laughs> <laughs> My sister will let him. He really needs to put on some weight, but that's not going to happen. Well, I mean, he's he's at that stage where everything he goes just goes into his bones. He puts his mouth goes to his bones because he's just growing and growing and growing, just like Hank. Oh. He eats – Henry eats so much, it's not even funny like now. That is I swear to you, circle on you. No kidding. I swear to you, every 10 minutes, even at dinner time, it's like it's a habit for him just to say, I'm hungry. <laughs> Dad, I'm hungry. Like, we're eating. He goes, Dad, I'm hungry. Henry, eat your food. If you eat your food, you won't be hungry. He'll eat he'll – eat, the other night, he ate half of a little Caesar's pizza. And that is no <laughs> joke. You can ask my wife, Cynthia – no BS there. He literally ate four pieces of pizza. He was probably just like, ah. 25 minutes later, he says, Dad, can I have a cutie orange? <laughs> yeah, if you can fit it in there, go right ahead. Yes. <laughs>
and they were starting to make things out of their toys with tape and uh, lightsabers. Well, like the Roadrunner and the Coyotes. <laughs> yes. I mean, and your boys are the best. Like, I can see, like, uh, Owen creating, like, a trap for Henry, yeah. and he comes running down the stairs, and, like, boom, and he, yeah, it's the whole thing. Like, yeah, it's amazing how <laughs> absolute medieval some of those car- cartoons were. Or yeah. are. But, you know, I want to sit down with them and watch it. I just, I don't, but they're five and three. So I don't, I'm not ready for that, I guess. Your number five. My number five is South Park. And I can tell you when and where I watched my first episode of South Park and uh, who I was watching it with. And that's really not the important part. That's the important part is that I died laughing like I've never laughed in my life. And they, that show makes me just roar. Uh, the movie Bigger, Badder, and Uncut, I thought I was going to pass out from laughing. I've only laughed one other time in a movie like that, and it's when I went with my boy John Keller to see uh, Anchorman. (laughs) And uh, those two movies that just stick out for me that I just died laughing. South Park is amazing. I mean, we were all South Park fans. So what's your favorite South Park episode moment? Mine obviously is the Chinese dodgeball episode <laughs> where the, they have the Chinese people are making fun of the Americans, like, I'll have a pound of ground beef. I think that is absolutely that. Um, not only are they making fun of Chinese people, they're making fun of Americans too, as well. So it's like a, a double singer, which is what they do better probably than oh, anybody yeah. else in the business. Is they yep. they'll make fun of someone while they're actually making fun of the other person as well. So, yeah, your favorite part, or favorite uh, part? probably when Timmy. And the other kid escapes me, but, and I know this is not an indication of Timmy and Jimmy, when Timmy and Jimmy start fighting. And I don't remember, (laughs) I don't remember when or what's the name of the movie. I know that Roddy Piper was in this movie and this guy from uh, Trey Stone and Matt Parker um, did scene for scene this fight between Timmy and Jimmy is the same as this fight in this movie in this alleyway, except they were using wheelchairs and the arm stick things. Favorite episode? It's either pink eye or the brown note. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's wonderful. This is taking a a dark turn. Terrible, terrible turn. There's so many. Since we're kind of in there, then I might as well go with my favorite, or fifth, number five for me, Archer, which again... um, (laughs) It's exactly a very kid-friendly cartoon, but um, I've never laughed so much in a cartoon, or just lately overall. It just absolutely makes me laugh. I thoroughly enjoy it. That's a good one. Kind of sad it's moving to FXX. Starts two weeks. Yes, it does. So uh, number four for you. Number four is the Venture Brothers. Little unknown one, but it was on Cartoon Network, their Adult Swim thing they had on sort of like a Johnny Quest thing but for adults yes it's two brothers who are always getting into trouble and it's just I don't know, it's probably one of the funniest cartoons next to South Park which is coming up on my list it's inappropriate because one episode dealt with one of the brothers testicles getting twisted around <laughs> oh no oh <laughs> but yeah, number four was Adventure Brothers for me. All right, so for me, my number four is a newer show called Wild Crafts, and it's on PBS Kids, and we watch it every day. It's the brothers Chris and Martin Kratt, uh, and it's an animal show, and I watch it every morning with Henry and Owen, or every night, or whenever they want. Um, that's how Pokemon was for me. I watched Pokemon, but I didn't watch it. I watched it because my kids watched it. Jordan loved Pokemon yeah. when he was younger, so that's why I watched it. I didn't watch it because it was, which as I get to my I'll probably tell more. About yeah, the, they have these creature power suits, and they have this other girl that makes these discs. Um, 
long story short, they turn into a human semblance of the animal that they're really. So yesterday we watched the one about the black-footed ferret, and they live in North Dakota and they're endangered and all that stuff. And and the boys just love it. They just soak up all the knowledge. Almost like the Wonder Twins. Yeah, but less cool. Yeah, <laughs> a lot less cool. <laughs> all right. My um, niece and nephew are big into the wild craftsmen. They're younger too. So yeah. <laughs> Number four for me. This is hard. It's plain hard for me out here. So number four for me is going to be um, um, Voltron. Sorry. So Voltron's number four. What? Yeah. Oh boy. It's real. So. The um, is real. Say what? The struggle is real. The struggle is real. Um, I mean, maybe you guys. I'm. I don't know if you have Voltron on your list. So if they do, and they're coming up, you and you have Voltron on your list. I'm sure Matt does. Um, so I remember, for me, cartoons had to do something. The main thing I think the importance, which you just talked about, is that for a cartoon, it either needs to be super funny, like spit milk out your nose funny while you're eating your cereal, or you had to act it out as a kid. <laughs> so what I mean by that is if you didn't hop on your bike and pretend, and I had five friends, and we would all pretend we were Voltron as we would ride around our bikes. So if you didn't do stuff like that, then I have a hard time believing it. Like, so so far, we're all on the same page. You told me, with, you know, with your boys. Um, I don't doubt that the two that you've named make you laugh out loud. So number three. Number three is South Park. We've gone over this, so we'll just keep going. <laughs> Number three was Silver. All right. Uh, number three for me was Thundercats. Again, I think Steve hit it on the, the nail in the head for me. Um, as a kid, being able to act out, uh, Alex and I would fight over who would be Pantera, the uh, or Panthera, the the Panther guy. Um, my sister would always play Chitara. And uh, we have a refrigerator, a furnace box from Ari Towns, and that was the Thundercat Mobile. And that would always get just beat up in three days, and we had to get a new one. But yeah, it's, Thundercats was my number three. So I'm making a lot of decisions at the end because my top four are all jumbled together. I, well, I know who my number one is. So that's easy. So I'm going to go with number three. It's going to be Transformers. So, and I already know that Transformers is in your top five. Yeah, so I know that. I don't know if it's by the way you reacted. I'm guessing it probably is not. But there, of course, is two Transformers. There's the cartoon Transformer movie, and then there's the cartoon one that was in syndication. Um, Both are awesome. So, I mean, the cartoon movie is amazing, um, but... I think we're kind of talking about Saturday morning cartoons or whatever. So, yeah, I mean, Transformers is amazing. Optimus Prime still is to this day. I think there's one of the few things in cartoons you say Optimus Prime. I mean, he's transcended generations now. So yes. that can just shows you how, you know, legitimate, in my opinion, it is. So. The movie was after season three and led into season four. It was the downfall. But... <laughs> <laughs> Did you write them a letter saying, why did you do that? No, but I want to now. Number two for me is The Simpsons. It's the longest running cartoon out there. Still makes me laugh. I know people complain that it's gone downhill, but I love it still. I still watch it every Sunday. and It's just a lot of great moments from that show, too, like South Park. But <laughs> anyway, number two was The Simpsons. My number two, I put two for my number two, and then I know you're only supposed to be five, but I put Looney Tunes slash Simpsons. Number one was not going to change for me, no matter what. If it was give me your top one, this is an easy answer for me. But Looney Tunes and The Simpsons. The Looney Tunes for me is 
uh, it's nostalgia because I'd sit on the couch with my sister and brother and we'd watch Looney Tunes for an hour and then it would transfer over into um, Animaniacs and then it would transfer over into something else. But that hour of Looney Tunes, well, we had a rule. We couldn't talk to Angie in the morning anyway, but that's a whole other story. But um, we would sit quietly and watch Looney Tunes. And then the other part, you know, with the Simpsons, you know, that's another one. There's multiple generations now that have fallen in love with the Simpsons. And I don't watch it as much as I used to. But, again, that's another nostalgia one for me. Well, you could make argument definitely that Simpsons is one of the greatest TV shows of all time. Yes. So, of course, it's easily going to be with it. Since it's a cartoon, it kind of has to be in that. And I guess you could talk how it's not in mine, but I mean, I'm not a huge Simpsons fan either, though. So I'm more like to – my favorite thing with The Simpsons is find people in the world that look like characters from The Simpsons, which I know a whole bunch, and I'm not going to get into. That's a whole different pod on a different day. <laughs> Maybe we'll do that some days. We can all, like, break down people we know and who they correlate to on The Simpsons. However, number two for me, Batman the Animated Series. Um, so I think, obviously, that came later in my life. I certainly didn't act out Batman. It certainly isn't funny. But um, Mark Hamill's the Joker. Yeah. And overall, just my love with comics and Batman. Um it was to the point where maybe I was, and definitely in my life were cartoons. I should not have been watching cartoons as a, at the age or whatever. <laughs> never and, too old for cartoons. But well, yeah, and that's the whole point. That let me know that you're really never too old for cartoons, right? You know, and um, by far it was fantastic. So, awesome. Your number one cartoon of all time. My number one is Transformers. There's just my brother sort of turned me on to it. He's still a big fan, collecting. The action figures at 42 years old. And, and he's certainly not the only one out there doing that. No, he's not. But Transformers is probably number one because my nephew just absolutely loves it. I could watch that with him all day, and he would just sit there and watch it, turn it off. He turned into a Transformer. But <laughs> <laughs> I mean, who hasn't at some point in their life? I mean, if, if you've watched it, not gone and pretending that at that point that you were a transformer. So oh, yeah. yeah. And he would transform and make the noises and <laughs> it was just funny to watch. But and it's a great cartoon, which had a great movie. So animated movie, I should say. Yeah, yep, the animated movie. That could be a whole different we should maybe do a pod like that. We could talk about um I don't know how we can say it, but I don't think that is as bad as you think it is. I know that you think it's a travesty, the, the movies that have come afterwards. I don't mind them as much. Um, that's how it kind of like the first three Spider-Mans. I know a lot of people, I didn't mind the first three Spider-Mans, but I know a lot of people are just like, no, they're terrible. So um, I guess maybe we'll just have to have the right people on to have those arguments. So good idea for Pat. So now I've been able to deduce from just the process of elimination, I already knew who your number one was, and I know who your number one is now, but I, I still want to hear you say it. My number one leaps and bounds far and away is Voltron. I can remember as a kid finding a red, green, blue, and yellow socks in the house, putting them on my arms, and finding something black to wear on my head, Yes, and I turned into Voltron. I'm sure you did. And... I would grab a stick from the backyard and would instantly create the sword like they do. Mm -hmm. And then I got in trouble because when I whipped it out, I smoked Alex right between the eyes with the stick. And then Voltron was done for that day. But uh, I even watch Voltron now, the new Netflix series. You know, it's on season five. I think it's excellent. Um, the one thing I don't like is they got rid of the theme music when they would form the lion mm -hmm. and when they would that music when i hear that song and it's playing in my head right now uh i got goosebumps and still get goosebumps i mean that would should be our intro yeah. we've talked about having an intro song that would be that would be it 
you would get a million followers in your podcast if you put the Voltron. But I don't know who would have to go to be able to buy that. That would be quite. I don't know. It's costly. Yeah, it sounds expensive. Not bad. I don't think it's terrible. But number one for me, <clears throat> there's not one cartoon I've made time for in my life more than GI Joe. Oh. So. It's <clears throat> another one of the great movies. Yes. And then, of course, did a live action movie that can be reasoned again. They're really not that bad. Uh, see, that's how I get about Transformers. So we could, again. I think it's my Michael Bay hatred that. <laughs> yeah, it yes. probably is. So, um, I mean, G.I. Joe. Um, wow. I watched that so much growing up. You know, I remember uh, multiple birthdays and Christmases getting gifts for it. The aircraft carrier. Oh, my gosh. So people don't realize, but when I was a kid, Steve babysat me once. Steve's a little bit older than I am, but was at that age when his mother used to work with my mom at R.A. Townsend, Steve babysat me. And I remember Steve had the G.I. Joe aircraft carrier. And I remember pissing with this thing to the point where – I'm not sure exactly if this is how it went, but he said to his mother, I'm never watching that child again. <laughs> Little did he realize he would babysit me later in life. Yes. But, yeah. Um, yeah, that's amazing. So, but by far, G.I. Joe, it's not even close for me. I feel bad now. I should have, that should have been on mine. Well, I mean... There are a lot of cartoons that didn't make it. I mean, I thought of like stuff like like Pokemon. I really was a lot closer there for me than it probably should have been. Um, <laughs> just because I even now to this day still say like Charizard and Bulbasaur and stuff like that. So, and then when Pokemon Go came out, I played it for a little while. I won't even lie. So like, there are those things that like you don't. I almost put Octonauts on my list. Yeah. Um, yeah. So <laughs> I actually love that cartoon. So yeah. another one is Silverhawks for me. Oh, yeah. We talked about it at work, me and the guys when we were talking about this. But then we started talking about all the older cartoons that were out there, like GoBots. Oh, yeah. And so GoBots was out at the same time with Transformers. I said that there was one I remember we did a, watched a lot as a kid. It was called Jason the Wheeled Warriors. And I don't know if anybody ever remembers that mm -hmm. or not. But that was out. So there was a lot of. Things that um, just stayed on the floor, but like the popples, the popples. The yeah. We, I don't know anybody that was born in the '80s that did not have a popple. And then, yeah. So we've left off SpongeBob, Brandon Stimpy, and Beavis and Butthead, all which are, I go lack of better term, cult cartoons, but they're really not. I don't know. Well, I I can tell you, I Beavis and Butthead was right, was should have been in my wheelhouse. Couldn't stand those guys. I'm sorry. I don't mean to not make friends, but and then Ren and Stimpy was okay. I, it's it, to me, it's okay, and I'm not trying to start an argument, but it's not cursing. It's really odd, but it's, odd. it's also more than just odd. But <laughs> no, yeah, I, no, I, I'm just saying there. When people hear this, they'll be like, "Oh my god, they didn't," you know. So people always will think of cartoons, and you're like, you know. So I know those are some that a lot of people probably. Talk about yeah. He Man didn't even get mentioned. No, nope. He Man is another. We one. just started watching that. The boys and I just started watching the old uh, Masters of the He Man Masters Universe and Shira are on Netflix now, and we just started watching it. Owen thinks he's Cringer in Battle Cat, <laughs> and Henry uses a lightsaber as the sword. And there are tiny little dents in our ceiling now. I want Henry to be Skeletor. He throws that sword in the air and yells, I have the power, and smokes the ceiling every time. It's awesome. But So something that you don't know, Brad does, and uh, since we're getting toward the end of this, Brad and I realized through you that we had a little bit of a branding problem that people didn't really know that it was me and him doing our podcast. So I told Brad, that's why we instantly just came over here and did one half-assed picture of him, me and him at the kitchen table. But I said, we need to continue letting people know it's us. So we, I went through, I came up with a challenge of ways that Brad and I could take pictures as duos. That would be, and then we would constantly like rotating through Facebook, and we would change about once a month. Okay. 
so the first one we came up which you made me think was was Beavis the Butthead. So I had an ACDC shirt. He would get a Metallica shirt, and we would just go up to the high school where we sit in two chairs, and then take yes. the pictures. So for those of you listening, if you have any ideas of that you would like to see me and Brad, um, we don't want to break the bank, and we have uh, him and I have, have talked about some great ones. But if you have any ideas of things that you like to see us dress up as, it would be funny. Um, put them in the comments or email the show or whatever you want to do um, and give us some ideas because uh, we're always definitely open for that and we definitely want to let people know. So Yes, we do. You guys could do the Wuzzles. You remember those guys? Probably not. Like, but Bum- like Bumble Lion? I mean, I'm listening, but in my mind I'm telling you no. So. <laughs> I, I know. I'm just throwing stuff out there. They hit me just now. So, Like, for example, Step Brothers. <laughs> yes. So the Step Brothers photo. That could definitely be done. Yeah, easily. Yes. I mean, there's – I don't like I said, I don't want to break the bank on this, but I'd be willing to spend a couple bucks each month just to get a laugh out of people and purely for our own entertainment. So, You could do one where you paint your face like Wilson the volleyball and he looks like year four in the island. Yeah, we did talk about it. one of us being an inanimate object. That was brought up. You could be Wilson. He could be Tom Hanks. Yeah. Um, Mario and Luigi. <laughs> Some overall, overalls with a red and green shirt. Yes. <laughs> Robin Dick. Yeah, yes. Robin Dick. So, like, it's, we've, yeah. Yeah. There you go. So, yeah. Good so, you guys have any ideas? Let us know because we'll do them. All right, that was our show for this week. Hope you enjoyed it. Once again, we'd appreciate any feedback, suggestions, critiques, whatever. Or you can email us at hottakefromthekitchen at gmail.com. I won't spell it out since I did it in the intro. Hit us up on Facebook, Instagram, Hot Take From The Kitchen. And next week we have a preview Next week is Rick Houchin, another good friend of ours, going to come in and join us. Join us, and our five that are live will be our top five overrated things, most Ooh. overrated things ever. Oh, which Rick and I discuss all the time. Oh, you want to give me a quick five? Uh, cell phones, convertibles, uh, skinny people. Uh, Diaper Genie. <laughs> diaper Genie is And the Big Mac. You know, I think they get first-time parents to buy the Diaper Genie. And then, right. yeah. You never buy a new one at number two. No. It's absolutely pointless. So, at number one would be the Big Mac. Oh, man. <laughs> I will tell you that you have one of my overrated things on your list. Cell phone. No. Although, I did wish I could sometimes not be around myself. But I'm not going to say it. You're rooting for next week. So Rick will be next week. Yes, could be a controversial episode. It should be. So um, that'll be good. And then, um, yeah, hit us up. Let us know what you think. And then we'll just go from there. Thanks right. for stopping by, man. Thanks for having me, guys. Hope you guys listen. I hope they do, too. Are your boys going to be juiced for this or what? They are jacked. I think they think we're on the radio right now, just so you know. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. All right.